Hey friend, and welcome to the Hair Goals Podcast. The Hair Goals Podcast is brought to you by Salt Society, a hair and business community serving the beauty industry with salon business coaching, hair education, and personal development mentoring. The Hair Goals Podcast is your weekly dose of powerful education from coaches on our team, industry leaders, and stylists just like you. So let's reach those goals together because your success is ours. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining today. Uh, welcome to the Hair Goals podcast. My name is Christine. Some of you may know me as Paint That Mane. I am one of the stylist mentors here at Salt Society. Um, I am also the color theory educator. And today we have an awesome topic. And it's something that really is kind of taking over the hair world. And that is color melting. So Right now in the industry, I think every time I see a photo, nine times out of ten, there is a smudge or a melt going on um, in the picture. And so we are facing a lot of different aspects to doing hair at this point um, in the industry. And one of the things I want to talk about is kind of the expectation and kind of controlling um, the expectation of our guests, because there are many times that someone sits in our chair and they show us a photo and you know how to go about it. But when you're looking at the photo, there's extensions going on, there's melting, there's, you know, full foils, teasy lights, balayage. This is a lot to explain to someone. Um, you know, we can explain it in sessions, and we can tell them, you know, it's going to take four times to get you to here. But um, if you don't get extensions and you don't style your hair every day, it's never going to look like this. And that can sound really disappointing to a person. Um, you know, years ago, I think people were expecting to sit in our chair for an hour and a half to two hours and they would leave with brighter hair or highlights or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, their color was a lot simpler. It was easier to apply. The techniques were not as in-depth. And we have elevated the industry in a really great way. But at the same time, it's challenging um, when you are a very busy stylist and you're trying to keep up with what is going on. And so here we have all this education. And we take all these classes. And we know how to do this. But transferring what we learn in a class to how to perform and do this behind the chair are two very different things. I remember years ago when I used to go to hair shows, um, like the bigger hair shows, you would kind of walk around and it really was that. It was a show. I mean, the girls walking around were models and the hair was just outrageous and the techniques were outrageous. And I would sort of leave thinking, well, that was really cool to look at, but what can I take from that class or that show and actually apply it to um, my own career and what I'm doing behind the chair? So I think it's important to remember, um, you know, some things are for show and some things are actual education. And I think we can get inspiration from both both ways. Um, it doesn't always have to be such an intense class. Um, it can be something a little more fun. It can get you inspired and it can get your creative brain moving, which I also think is super important. Um, 
you know, I teach a lot of formulation and formulation can be super overwhelming. And that's why I started introducing more hands-on formulation because it helps to open that part of your creative brain. So when we're behind the chair and we have taken all these classes, um, then comes the time, you know, we have to explain to our guests what the process of this whole thing is. And some of these appointments now are taking four and five hours instead of that two hour, um, you know, marker. So kind of controlling or or helping them understand, I think is a better way to say it, um, how it all looks and, and what the maintenance looks like is very important. We are living in a world of lived in color. You know, people don't want to come back um, so often. And, you know, that's a great thing to explain to your guests. This is going to be a more lived in look. You're going to be coming back way less often. It might be every uh, four months versus every two months. So you're cutting your costs in half already. Um, But make sure that you don't cheapen yourself to make someone else comfortable with the price point for some of these looks. Because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is you're going to feel very overworked and underpaid. Um, When we start filling our books with these like mini appointments, I will call them. So, you know, we have a haircut and then there's a gloss and then we have a root touch up and then we have a major transformation. Um... We start to feel really overwhelmed because the book is so busy, but we're not actually getting paid, you know, what we should be for maybe that four or five hours we're spending with that one person. Um, So it's not that you need to get rid of smaller services within your schedule, but scheduling smarter is going to be super helpful with these situations. Um, And sometimes you really need to break it down to how much do I want to make per hour or how much am I worth per hour, my time and my knowledge. And remember that you are charging. It doesn't matter if it takes you 20 minutes to apply something, whatever it may be, um, a mel or a face frame balayage or, you know, a few foils around the face, some teasy lights. If that takes you 20 minutes and you get the impact of um, something that takes you an hour to apply, you are still allowed to charge for that full service um, because they are essentially paying for your knowledge of placement, how to... um, put things together in a shorter period of time to make it look like they were there for maybe the five hours. So we are really overcomplicating application, I think. Um, Sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes there are some applications that are going to take you a very long time and that's okay. Um, But there's other times where you can get just as big of an impact with doing smaller services and you actually will be charging the full amount. So always explain to your guests, you know, how they're going to look at the end, what it's going to um, do for their skin tone and brighten up their eyes and explain all of these things in a very exciting way so that they can get comfortable with, first of all, you want to build trust and that's how you build trust. So 
you guys have heard me say this so many times, but when you underpromise and overdeliver, the trust builds a lot easier than when you overpromise and you don't get there in one session. So when we're looking at services, um, there are times where you could do a full color melt on someone and you're not using any lightener. It's simply tonal shifting and you make a huge impact on the way their hair has changed. Um, so not always do we need to put lightener on the hair. You know, sometimes with color melting, it's really just that, just color melting. Um, so I'm going to get a little bit into the formulation and of color melting and why and when to add certain things to your formulas. I'm going to suggest that you guys never use a permanent color for melting um, unless you're in a situation where there's a lot of gray and you're doing sort of like a root touch up and then you're melting from there. But even then I would do the root touch up first and then melt maybe at the sink or take them back to your chair. Um, because mixing a demi with a permanent color can cause a lot of lines. Um, it's really hard to make that a smooth transition at the root area. So when we're formulating for a melt, I suggest using a translucent line. I prefer Shades EQ. There's a lot of other lines out there that are um, just as beautiful. And if you're comfortable using that, you know, that is amazing and you should continue to. So just because I'm teaching from a point of Redken Shades EQ doesn't mean it can't be, um, you know, transferred into whatever line that you're using. So a lot of what I'm going to explain to you, even though it's coming from that point of view, you can definitely do this in any line. Um, the thing I will say is some of the dropping of the levels is going to be affected if you're using a more like opaque line. So like Wella Color Touch is an incredible line, but for color melting, sometimes it can definitely shift the base at the root. So you want to be careful when using the more opaque lines that do have um, that ability. So Shades EQ is an acidic line, so it doesn't have the ability to uh, shift the base. Uh, and in saying that, a lot of you know that I don't use processing solution. There's nothing wrong with processing solution. Um, I, in fact, I advise people to continue using it if they're comfortable with it. I also advise them to get used to the line if they're newer to the shades line, um, just to get used to how everything processes. I prefer to change my developer with Shades EQ, so I will use Wella Color Touch 6 and 13 volume um, versus the processing solution, which is a 7 volume. So I'm able to either use the 6 volume or the 13 volume, depending on what I'm doing. Um, nine times out of 10, when I am formulating for a melt, I'm going to be using six volumes. So anytime you want to drop your level, you're going to use a lower developer. Um, when you want more reflection, when you want more tonal deposit, when you want um, more intense tone, that is when you up your developer. Now, a lot of people will ask me, does that shift the base? And I'm going to explain to you a few situations where it might. When you're using an acidic line and you up your developer, and I never suggest glossing, you know, above um, a 13 to 15, like 15 volume is really max because 
developer in itself can still be somewhat damaging. Now we're going from a seven to a 13. So it's, it's not that big of an, a jump uh, or enough of a jump to be damaging to the hair. But if you were to go from like, you know, the seven to the 20 or the seven to the 30, first of all, you're going to get way too much tonal deposit. And second of all, um, that's causing damage on the hair that really doesn't, it's just not necessary. Um, so when I'm bumping up my developer, it's really just a smidge. So, you know, when we're working with something like Shades EQ, you're not going to see a base shift with Shades EQ because it's an acidic line. We need alkalinity for lift. And the only way to really do that with shades is to actually put it under the heat. And the only time that I'm really putting shades under the heat is um, when I need like a more intense red or I want a little bit of gray blending if I'm using a warmer formulation. Um, but technically, if you are experiencing um, what some people like to say a base bump with develop like changing the developer that little bit with an acidic line that really doesn't have the ability to lift um there's one of two things happening the person has super fine hair above a level eight or they have a lot of minerals on their hair so when that when those two things are present or both are present you're going to get what I like to say, kind of like a chewing away of the cuticle. And what it's doing is exposing the melanin in the hair. Um, so when it chews away at the cuticle, the melanin is exposed, which is warm. And then it's going to seem like a base shift. But technically, it's not really that. It's more just exposing melanin. So you're not actually going to get like a, tone, um, a lift and deposit type response. It's going to be more of just kind of exposing that melanin and you're that's what you see as warmth so it's safe to shift your developer when you know how your product works there's other lines that I wouldn't suggest doing this with but you know make sure your line does not have the ability to lift if it's an acidic line you're not going to have a problem um so that's kind of like the scenario that I would explain to someone who is concerned about a base shift with um, particularly uh, glossing. So when we are working on melt formulations, the first thing that I always suggest is, you know, analyze everything in a way um, that you will be able to visualize when the hair is damp. So a melt should really always be performed on damp hair. I don't say dripping wet because you don't want to be working on dripping wet hair. It's very hard to see where the lines actually are everything that you're trying to erase. Um, so when you visualize before you wash the hair, you're going to see exactly kind of where you're going to be bringing things. And I'm going to tell you this. One of the biggest mistakes I see in melting is people bringing down their product to meet where the line is. You want to actually bring it down about an inch or two below where that line is because when you go in with your wet brush or whatever tool you're using and you go to blend that middle area where the melt is meeting where those lines are, um, what ends up happening is it's diffusing that last one or two inches. So if you haven't brought your, your product down far enough, it's going to essentially um, just kind of meet where that 
line you're trying to erase and then you're going to go through this whole melting process and not actually have a result from it. So when I'm teaching technically how to apply a melt, you really want to start angling um, everything back. So you're going to you're going to apply it in a way where you're also creating sort of a halo at the top of the head. And when you apply, again, you're going to come down about one or two inches and then you're going to go in with your brush. Now, this is kind of the process that I always do when I'm melting. So I'm going to analyze what their natural is. And their natural is, let's say, a level six. Um, their lifted area maybe is a nine. Now, I'm going to drop my formulation two levels from what their natural is. So you're not going two levels from what your lifted area is. It's going to be from where actually the natural is. My formulation is probably going to be more on the cooler side. And the reason for that is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cool tones in the hair. There's underlying pigment, but what the hair reflects is not a lot of warmth. So if we're trying to erase lines, first of all, when you want more reflection, you're going to add warmth. When you want to deflect, you're going to cool things down. So a lot of my formulas are really simple. Like if I have a six, a natural level six, and then I have a lifted area of a nine, my formula might be something like a four N, N as a natural, and then maybe I'm going to put a quarter of my formula at like a four M, a four, that would be a four mat. And don't confuse the mat line with flat, okay? <laughs> Um, there's a lot of people who see the, the word matte and they think it's like not reflective, but it's actually very, very beautiful. Um, the matte line is one of my favorites to melt with. I think that it provides enough, um, it has enough cool in it. It technically has a lot of cool in it, but there's also sort of like this warm, um, mushroomy feeling to it. And so when I add like a quarter or half of my formula that it just comes out so natural looking. Now, my formula is going to be different. And always when I'm melting or smudging, I'm using a lower volume. So that would be with six volume. And there are situations where you might need to add warmth. Okay. And in those situations, what I generally suggest doing is that your warmth will be a level darker than where your melt formula actually is. So if I need a level four um, of a natural and I need to put warmth in there, my warmth is going to be at a level three. So maybe it would be like a 4N and then a 3NB or something similar to that. Um, and the reason for that is warmth is always going to reflect lighter. And so when we need a little more depth to things, we're going to drop our level of warmth. And that's just going to help kind of control how um, much brightness is reflected. We never want to be in a situation where we are creating more reflection on the lines that we're trying to actually erase. So it's important to know, you know, when to add warmth and when to add ash into your formula to prevent this from happening. Um, a few of the other tips that I love for melting are, like I said, always perform this on damp hair. And I like to put some kind of conditioner on the ends. Um, sometimes I choose a pro protonizing conditioner or a moisturizing one, depending on what the hair needs. And what this helps 
to do is to kind of even out the porosity in the hair. So when you are combing through, so when I'm doing a melt, I'm combing from roots to ends and it helps to make that transition a lot smoother. Um, I do like to rinse out the conditioner before I apply my gloss. Um, and again, it depends what kind of artist you are. When I'm working on super light hair, I like to rinse out my melt first. Um, and on brunettes, I like to kind of melt everything together. So applying your gloss is going to be kind of up to you and how you want things to go. I really rarely do something like um, a root melt and then there's a midsection melt and then a gloss in the end. I'm not someone who um, necessarily formulates three times for that because my feeling and thought process is that when that top formula meets your gloss, that kind of creates that middle section on its own. So, um, you know, melting is something that is really needed. I think it's one of the best tools that you can have as a stylist, especially now with everything on social media and, um, you know, the type of hair that we're kind of expected to do. I think it's one of the best tools that you can learn um, combined with smudging. And I think we're in a time now where there's a lot of information available about melting. So definitely get involved. Um, we have a lot going on at Salt Society. We have our community, which is amazing. Um, there's a lot available in there. There's also a Facebook group. All my education, I always keep updated um, on my Instagram, which is Paint That Main, and you can click the link in that bio, and all my education is there. Um, my next in-person class, I will be in New Hampshire, and there is always new things popping up. So please um, stay engaged and let us know if you need anything. It was so nice spending the day with you guys today. Have an awesome rest of your week.